Pure Dog Talk is the voice of purebred dogs. We talk to the legends of the sport and give you the tips and tools to create an awesome life with your purebred dog. From showing to preservation breeding, from competitive obedience to field work, from agility to therapy dogs, and all the fun in between, your passion is our purpose. Welcome to Pure Dog Talk. I am your host, Laura Reeves. We have a spicy night tonight. We got a spicy month. Tonight's conversation, we're talking about the four to six puppy class. This has been a big hot topic on social media. So I said, let's have some actual conversation with some actual people and get some actual thoughts without quite so much hysteria. So let's do that. If you have not signed up to become a patron, you should definitely think about it. We have an amazing group. It costs, Natalie's going to yell at me, 10 bucks a month. You know, I mean, really, you get a lot of one-on-one, you get a lot of information, you get a lot of knowledge for not very much money. So that's a thing to think about. As dog people, we can always spend money on our dog's leashes, but not our own knowledge. So let's think about spending a little something on ourselves. Finally, a bunch, a bunch, a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of sick dogs at the Golden Retriever National that was in Albany, Oregon. I'm here actually speaking to you from the Labrador National, and I have been super careful because there is a pretty amped up bad bug going around. I talked to one of our Pure Dog Talk people who was there. His dogs were amongst the ones who were really seriously affected. There are now up to, from my understanding, close to 100 dogs affected from the Golden Retriever National. This patron of ours sent me links to entries all around the country, and Golden Retrievers are absent and should be. So good job, Golden Retriever people, for doing what you can at this point in time to quarantine your dogs and try and keep this from spreading. I know I missed the Spinoni National of the year. That big canine flu hit, and we just didn't go because it was really big in Wisconsin right then. And we said, nah, I don't think we really need to go that bad. So that's the thing to think about. If you've got sick dogs, please, please, God, please stay home. If a dog pops up sick on your truck, it's happened. It's happened to me. Okay, it's happened to everybody. If a dog pops up sick on your truck, dude, go home. There's another dog show on another day. Love you, man, but go home. So... There's a lot of people's dogs whose lives are quite literally at risk currently. And I think it's really important the people who have taken responsibility to stay home. Good job. And the people that, you know, I'm sure got caught unawares. Think about it, guys. Pure Dog Talk is proudly sponsored by Trupanion, medical insurance for the life of your pet. Trupanion can give you peace of mind knowing your pet is covered in the event of an unexpected accident or illness. Even better, Trupanion can pay your veterinarian directly and has no payout limits. So you'll never have to choose between what's best for your pet and what's best for your wallet. And if you're a breeder, you can join Trupanion's free breeder support program and get a special offer to share with your puppy buyers that waives all the waiting periods. So coverage goes into effect immediately. And when I was at the garden this summer, I was hanging out with Trupanion and I got a chance to catch up with Cindy. She's a breeder who's a member of Trupanion's breeder support program. And she shared the following testimonial with us. She said that Trupanion has been the best and saved me thousands of dollars. 
My puppy buyers love it, and I hope they always stick with it. A dog is never going to have an accident on payday. It's always when the money is tight. Cindy, you are dead on about that. So take a moment, guys. Sign up for Trupanion's free breeder support program now so you and your litters can be prepared for anything. Get started by heading over to my partner page, puredogtalk.com. We do this because we love our dogs, and that means that we put our dogs as the priority. So I feel pretty strongly about that here in Spicy October. <laughs> so with that, everybody, we have all the peeps. We are going to have all the conversations. I have my delightful friend, Natalie Thurman. She is doubling tonight as the social media coordinator, running the show, and offering up the owner handle position. So y'all be kind to her. We have my dear friend, Karen Cadry, who a few years back made a wild drive with me over the course of a couple days in this time of year. So shout out to great dogs, great friends, old friends, make the best friends, you know, like that. So, all right, you guys, here we go. In complete debate fashion, I was once a competitive Lincoln Douglas debater, so I can do this. Resolved, professional handlers should be allowed to compete in the four to six best puppy competition. This has been, as I said, a huge hot topic on Facebook. And Karen is going to represent the professional handler position, who is also a breeder. P.S. Professional handlers are also breeders. I speak as one. And Natalie, who is an owner handler who is just getting started, who's got her own first few litters on the ground just now. So we have a variety of opinions. And of course, I'm here to prevent the no tears at dog shows. So (laughs) with that, let's get to it. It'll be great. And since we are resolved that professional handlers should be allowed to compete in the four to six month class. P.S. I did want to insert this one caveat that I forgot to mention earlier. AKC isn't actually considering this. So y'all that are getting your hopes all jacked up, it isn't going to happen. But I'm saying let's hear the conversation about why or why not this should be a topic. So Karen, hit it. Tell me you have two minutes on the clock. Okay. So as a longtime serious breeder, as a professional handler, and as a former owner handler, I believe everyone should have the opportunity, including breeder, owner, handlers, to show in BPUP. Why? Because the fact of reality of our life today is there are fewer and fewer handling classes people can get to. As handlers, often we're the ones teaching the handling class and we don't get to work our dogs in the environment. The handling class that is less than an hour and a half from me is the one I teach. I don't care if I can't compete for a ribbon. We do not have very many fun matches anymore. Often when there are B fun matches, Surprisingly and sadly, those also exclude those of us who are handlers. Or we're judging them. Or we're judging them, or we're assisting clients, etc. As a handler, it is important to me that my puppies that I own, that I bred, that I decided to keep, get the best experience they can in the start of life in the ring. I shouldn't have to hand them off to a total stranger. When you read through the B pup rules, Nowhere does it state that this is for beginning novice amateur handlers only. 
it actually states it's for beginning novice puppies to get them that fun puppy experience. So because of how AKC set it up and the fact that even in their own information, it doesn't state that this is aimed only at new people coming into the sport, which I fully support. I believe that handlers should be allowed to bring their puppies in. If we want to have a non-compete clause where we can't go on for group placement, I don't care. I just want the puppy to be exhibition only. Let them be exhibited. Let them go to that group level as exhibition only. We don't get a placement, but we get the experience. We pay the same fee as everybody else. They have to be dogs that we bred and that we own, in my opinion. That helps cut down the problem of, well, then people will just sign them on as co-owners. That's an argument that I have heard many times. I used to hear the same argument way back when I was still an owner handled. That can be argued as well. So, yeah, let us get our puppies out. As it stands right now, I won't show a puppy. I no longer show puppies very often. I usually wait till they're two to four years of age now, fully mature, and I've drug them all over the country a bunch so that I make sure they're mentally, mentally ready. Because as puppies, without that early introduction, it's not fair to them, whether they're owner-handled or professional-handled. Okay, good. That was Karen's two minutes. Natalie, are you ready? Your two minutes. We'll say yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you have up to two minutes. How's that? Up to two minutes. Okay, no pressure. Okay. So I am a baby dog show person. I have shown three dogs. So super good. You are my audience. You're you are my avatar. Go, girl. I've done it poorly. It's embarrassing some days. So for people like myself who get a new puppy, I think they started B Pup to try to get new people who just bought a puppy to show up to a show to learn some things and also not feel like they're going to be the dumbest person in the ring, which once the handlers come in is a real possibility. <laughs> I just went to my national and I was like, oh, I'm the problem. So <laughs> I think that was kind of like their idea, whether it's executed well, I'm not sure, but I think they were trying to protect the people like me who don't know what the heck we're doing with dogs who also don't know what the heck they're doing. And maybe make it sort of like a fun Facebook video thing that we can all laugh at later in the SHIT handlers group. But I have heard a lot of people who cared very deeply about protecting B-Pup. Some of the things that I've heard, because I don't really care because I don't have a puppy to show, <laughs> but I am here and we're doing this uh, <laughs> very passionately. Some things I've heard is that they don't want it to become a title that is sought after or paid for by any sort of client, which like you're saying, if you own it and you made it, it so, doesn't do that. If I could have you, Natalie, speak to the puppy of achievement and some of the things that people have spoken to you about that, because I feel like that's a thing that many of the owner handlers that I've heard from the puppy of achievement, it means something to them. Like it sincerely is super important to them. And so speak to what you've heard about on that and whose dogs are having conversations. I can't tell Mine. you. Sorry. That sounded like Anatolians. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I think the puppy of achievement. I mean, there are people who feel really, really strongly about it. Like I do not want to disrespect those people simply because... I don't, oh, I don't want to either. I think what it shows if you have a POA on, on your dog is that you 
did put in the effort and the money and the travel to get them out there before most people do, which is cool. And for puppies and socialization. All right. Yeah, so this is whole COVID puppies. Yeah, let's hold that there. That's your two minutes. Karen, what is your thought on POA with the understanding that we're back? Okay. POA is not limited to owner handlers. I own a POA because POA includes all the classes up to 12 months of age, guys. So POA is not really an argument point for the BPOP program. Okay. POA includes okay. that six to 12 months of which I can partake of. Another fact, I can own a puppy that goes in B-puppy. Mm-hmm. I just can't be the one at the end of the leash. All the AKC states, and we went through this issue. I used to have a miscellaneous breed, the Belgian Lycamois, which is now an official breed. When they started, when they added the open show, which is confusing because all of those are open, but yeah. Initially, they said professional handlers couldn't show at all. And we went, excuse us, but some of us have seriously tried to get the breed. I've been involved with getting the Lakin recognized for many, many years. So we threw a hissy fit. So AKC changed the rule and said, oh, you're right. As long as you own it, you can show it in open. So there is a precedent for that. Puppy of achievement has nothing to do with B-pup entirely. There's not a change there. Also, I would also like to back up for one quick second with the idea of this. I'm hearing, well, this is for novice people. Again, there's nothing in the AKC program that states this. And what about all the super, super amazing, long-time, beyond-competitive breeder handlers, owner handlers who have competed to the best in show level for decades and achieved more wins than I've achieved as any kind of a handler? They compete in BPUP, and are you going to throw them out too? Okay, so now it's like, wait, no, no, I quit. No, no, please don't. It's very important to me and I am very sincere about this, that both of these sides be heard. And Natalie, I know you said you had conversations with people about this. And amongst the things that were mentioned, we had conversation about this in the patrons group and some of those. But amongst the things I heard is that in this hot fire burning moment that was social media, people sent things to AKC. And what they got back from AKC is that while it may only say it's for puppies, it's really for the people too, is kind of what the American Kennel Club response was. And that whether it was originally intended this way or not, but I think it is developed into this, the concept that the American Kennel Club wants to support the novice owner handlers. And that the simple presence of someone more capable than they are, whether they be a professional or a breeder or what have you, is unnerving. And I don't know that that's a great solution. I think we all learn by being challenged, but I know it is something that is a thing. And amongst the things that were observed in our patrons conversation, and Karen, you brought up the POA thing, and that you are, as a professional handler, eligible to compete in the six to nine months and the nine to 12 months classes the actual point of the person who was talking about this is that they feel as if they are not competitive in those classes because professional handlers are there. 
and that their only chance to get those points is from four to six months. So for people who feel very strongly that the POA, not Puppy of America, Puppy of Achievement is something that they want to have as a goal, and I think it's a worthwhile goal. AKC gets banged a lot for not being encouraging and inviting. And we, as the representatives of the AKC, get banged for the same thing. So let's not be snitty and snotty and laugh at people who think that's a big deal. All right? That's not cool. I really sincerely believe that for people who think it is a big deal, they should get to do that. They should get to have that moment. And so now I'm going to give my two minutes now as like the member in the middle here or whatever this is. Moderator. Oh, that's what it is. Moderator in the middle. (laughs) I really enjoy judging four to six competitions. I tell all the clubs that hire me, I said, give me all the kids and the puppies because I'm all about it. And I am. I sincerely love it. And in the competitions that I judge and understand now that I've judged them coast to coast, the vast majority of the entries that I have judged have been regular brand new people running with their leash in two hands, right? Like people who truly are not experienced in the ring. And there have been a few over the course of time who were like Karen was talking about more experienced breeders, that sort of thing. And so I, I really see both sides of this clearly as someone who, when this first started, had a puppy who was owned by my assistant, my like, you know, 14 year old, 13 year old assistant. And they tried to tell him he couldn't show it in best puppy. You know, let's think about how far we're going to take that and run with it. It's a kid. I mean, is he a relatively talented kid? Sure. That's not the point. Truly not the point in my opinion, but that's my opinion. So my time is up back to Natalie. We have a comment. Excellent. I love comments. <laughs> Yay! This just in. Oh, hey, hey, Robin. I don't know why it cannot be like many national sweeps. If you own it, you can show it regardless if you're a handler or not. No points for champion are involved. So I have had to hand several of my puppies off, which they went with but didn't show as well. Right. Exactly. I mean, that's kind of my point. And Karen, I think maybe you made the point earlier, and it's one that I actually strongly agree with on the handlers should be allowed side. I want my puppy's first experience in a quote unquote show ring to be with, wait for it, me. (laughs) I don't want it to be with some random stranger that's going to make it freak out. So Natalie, speak to some of the comments that we saw in the patrons group that I thought there were some ones in there that were super valid because there were several, there were several. And I think Speaking to the comfort level of the exhibitor is one of them. Yeah, so I do think that there are people who start out and it is intimidating to go up against the Lures and the Karens of the world because you just make it look so easy and then we try to go do it and then it's not as easy, not even a little bit. (laughs) So, um, (laughs) which I mean, I know is why we have owner handled groups, but like, you know, if you're not getting to the owner handled group either... BPUP could be a good place to feel safe as a non-experienced dog show human. And I think that some people were just like, hey, the handlers kind of run it. And we understand and hopefully respect that if there were no professional handlers paying 
all the entry fees for their whole truck, there would be no dog show. <laughs> like, <laughs> without you guys, it wouldn't exist. <laughs> so if we want it, no. It is a balance. It is a really interesting balance, Natalie. And I think this is an interesting point that you make. And Karen, you can probably speak to this too, because I know you did owner handle for a lot of years. Depending on the show, if you talk to the show chairs at the show, depending on the show, the number of entries is either basically split or, to be honest with you, slightly heavier to the underhandled side. Up um, to 80% to of entries are actually owner-handled entries. I understand, but I think that's an unrealistic number for most shows. I think most shows when I have to show. Yeah. Right. It's per show. And when I talk to show chairs, it's either about 50-50 or maybe 55-45 under handle to professional handle. The thing that happens, though, is that professional handlers have lower number of humans to dogs, right? Yeah. Like two humans equals 20 dogs, where with an owner yeah. handler, one human equals one dog. And yeah. you understand yeah. what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Yeah. So those are numbers that are real. I like Robin's comment, Robin, that just came up. I've agreed with that from the beginning because as soon as they put a points and a rankings on the BPUP, they took away any meaning of it being just for starting of anything, to be honest. I agree well, with you, Robin. I, no, Robin, you're not wrong. And I think that, again, I understand the concept behind the Puppy of Achievement, and I understand the idea of what many of us in the sport call a gateway drug. So for brand new people, BPUP is a gateway drug. It's like the smoke and doobie of the dog world. Bumper sticker and t-shirt coming soon. <laughs> but it is. I mean, it's seriously, it's the easy introduction to what many people will tell you. I've just been reading several insights on this. Something of a gambling addiction purebred dogs, right? Like every single time we breed a litter, it's the same high that you get when you push the button on the slot machine. Is it going to be bingo? Or is it going to be like, and every single time we do a breeding, we're pretty sure it's going to be bingo and 50-50, right? If you're lucky, it's 50-50. It's bingo-ish versus swirling-ish. And that's what breeding is, but it is that hope. And I was just reading several, it's national season, right? So everybody's writing about their nationals and writing about all this stuff. And hope is what gets us and keeps us. And I guess that's what I would pen best puppy to, the four to six thing, is that baby inkling of hope, that tiny tingle of hope that the very first new person gets when they get their first puppy and they are so excited and they don't know what the hell they're doing. And their breeders probably shoving them in the ring with a foot in their ass. And they're really encouraging them to do this. It's hope. And I guess to me, when I judge it, when I see it, best puppy to me represents hope. It represents the hope that we as breeders have for those puppies that are in the ring. It represents the hope that those owners and handlers have for their new puppies. It's hope. And so the part of me that is not the big bad wolf likes to think that I have a tiny, tiny, tiny part. I'm like the Grinch, you know, with the tiny, tiny heart. The part of me that thinks that hope is important thinks that 
owner handled being what is important and encouraging new people being what's important. You know, I see the argument to make it a quote unquote safe space from professionals. Hang tight, guys. Got a little bit of information for you. We'll be right back to the podcast in a minute. All right, crew. I hear from folks pretty much daily asking for a specific topic or for a series of podcasts on a topic. So ask and you shall receive. (laughs) I've done all the hard work. I've sorted, searched, and compiled eight different albums from the archives on our most popular topics. And when I say there's a podcast for that, I ain't just a woofin. Getting yours today is super simple. Just jump on puredogtalk.com backslash store and click the PDT albums image. And when you're in there, you're going to find a collection of veterinary voices. You're going to find a collection for breeding and whelping hands-on. You'll find Pure Dog Talk University on dog breeding. Love the breeds. Up your game. Owner handlers, the interviews, events and sports. There is so much there. And once you're in those links, you'll be able to read the details of the topic. For a special introductory price of a buck ninety-nine, you get a link to dozens, up to more than a hundred episodes on these specific topics. And while you're there, if you or a friend or family member are just getting started, even just starting a search for your first well-bred purebred dog, you can also check out Auntie Laura's Beginner's Guide to Show Dogs at puredogtalk.com backslash book to get the foundational Pure Dog Talk episodes with bonus tracks. So hop on it, y'all. These special prices will not last. Karen, I see you raising your hand. And what I'm hoping you're going to run with is that from the perspective of allowing professional handlers, the benefit of allowing professional handlers into this, particularly in an exhibition-only concept, is how much help the handlers can be to the people that are in the ring. That's what I would have you speak to. Definitely. Anyone that knows me knows that I actually even have a whole coaching program aimed at owner handlers. I am the biggest owner handler supporter that anyone could imagine. I mean, there's tons of handlers who support owner handlers. With that said, make it exhibition only. We don't get an award. We don't get POA points. I honestly don't give two figs about whether or not I get the ribbon whether or not I get the POA points. I care that my promising four to six month old puppy gets a chance to experience the ring, including being in the ring with somebody who doesn't really know what they're doing. While I'm in there, I can be like, okay, hon, let's put your leash in one hand. Let's do this. I'm good at multitasking. Pretty much 99.999% of all handlers are good at multitasking because we have to be. I run a really tight ship. I don't carry assistance in general. So I've always got multiple dogs up to eight on my own string of my own. But I always make sure that I'm there to help somebody who needs a helping hand. Because without the owner handlers, we don't have a sport. Period. We will not have a sport. No, we don't. That's a fact. And without the breeders. 
you know, so. And as a longtime serious breeder, I'm just asking that I not be penalized because I gained some of my income. And here's the other thing for the argument that I saw on Pure Dog Talk, less than 5% of all handlers do it as a full, full-time exclusive. That's the only way they make their income. Most of us either do have or have had Monday through Friday or Monday through Thursday. We have 40 hour a week jobs that we cram in and we run around the country showing dogs. So in reality, our own dogs often suffer because we have to give it all to our client dogs. That's the My true always reality. The, the of reality of the shoemaker's children being barefoot. And is, the mechanic's car. And yeah, exactly. So all I'm and saying is give us that chance. I think you're right. But I do think I'd have you speak to the concept, or maybe Natalie can touch on this, or maybe I'll run with it. And this was another one that I saw introduced in one of our conversations, maybe in the patrons mm-hmm. group. The idea that I'm, as a handler, I'm just going to speak for myself and say, I more than once went in the show ring with a six-month-old puppy that had never been on a flipping leash, and it still won. Yep. So not only am I better adapted, better equipped, what have you, to train my dog, socialize my dog, get it to places because I'm just always on the go, I also am a good enough handler that I can take a dog that doesn't know how to walk on a leash and train it in the ring and still win. So, I mean, that is a thing. Yeah, it is a thing. That's why I say make it so that we're exhibition only. We cannot get a placement. We cannot get an award. We don't get anything towards POA or whatever. But we get the chance to get that puppy in the ring to be with other dogs, first of its own kind, and then let us go into the group as an exhibition only just to get them in there with other breeds. That is the key. That is the key, actually, Karen and Natalie. You've been in owner-handled groups, and I'd like for you to share your first experience in an owner-handled group with an Anatolian. It really was an important conversation to be had for people who don't necessarily know or understand and why it's so important to get dogs experienced in a ring that has dogs other than what they're used to. What's not like me? I only um, have all Anatolians, and I have a rental pug from Laura, but they don't cross paths. Honestly, my mama dogs think that she's just the weirdest looking puppy. And they're like, come nurse, I guess. And she just like zooms around them and then goes back in the house. And it's chaos. She's great. But yeah, so Aries going in the first time in group. It was his first dog show also. And he is three. So that's a great thing to do for a temperament test is you take your Anatolian off the farm and you give it a bath two baths actually and then you throw it in a ring on a tight chain with a bunch of Next like, a bunch of other dogs yeah and then you have a husky i think it was a lady with a husky just run up your ass the whole time while we're relaxing to just make him wild just, i'm so sorry it's a great way to break yourself and your dog into a dog show <laughs> I think Natalie's lived experience to me is why it's so important for people who don't have the experience or the knowledge or the confidence to take their whatever into a ring full of other dogs. Wouldn't it have been great if you had taken Aries to a best puppy match, for example? 
when he, when he was less than 50 pounds? <laughs> less than 50 pounds. Less than how many pounds is it he is now? It's not 50. 140. I was going to yeah. say about 130 to 150. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he did fine, honestly. But day three, he was done. He's like, this is ridiculous. And I'm like, I don't disagree. I'm so sorry. <laughs> And I, too, have a breed that is not the easiest breed to integrate into strangers by nature. Belgian Tiburon and Belgian Lycanois are my primary German Whitehair Pointers, which I grew up with. Those are all breeds that can look at other dogs and other situations as like, mm, this is suspect. The first time my pug special saw Pekingese in the group ring. Oh... Lewis thought it was a moving slipper. Lewis. <laughs> yeah, that does not surprise me. So I'm saying there's a real argument to be made for even buggies. Yeah. That, that need to experience the joys of other dogs. And handler puppies will experience other breeds theoretically in their daily lives that our dogs maybe don't. Maybe do. That's maybe super, don't. Super good That's point. I will also counterpoint. Because it is my dog, guess what sits home so that client dogs can be on the truck? True. We have a long comment. Laura, would you like to do a dramatic Shatner-esque reading? Yes, please. Shatner-esque. Give me it. It's very long. Hi, Alicia. It's one of my people. It's okay. It's cool. Okay, Alicia. I'm involved in a lot of performance events with my dogs. B-Pup gives me an opportunity to feel like I'm able to try out a new sport that I am not familiar with and have other people who are at my same skill level to compete against. With BPUP limiting the entries to people who are not professional handlers, I don't have to worry about someone saying, oh, the only reason why you didn't win is because so-and-so, the professional handler, always wins at this show. If there was not a BPUP, I most likely would not be as interested in starting a new dog or moving away from performance events. So, Alicia, please take my puppy to a best puppy. Please. <laughs> Alicia, again, if we limit to handlers to not being able to compete, I would say 99% of the breeder handlers that I know, which is a lot of people, and when I've had this conversation with them, would say, fine, we don't have to be competing. You can be in there to win. We don't care about the win. We care about the experience for our puppy. They deserve the opportunity to have that same experience that you cannot replicate in any other fashion than at the dog show. So here's my spin. And this was my pitch when somebody started talking to me about this early on to do this as our topic for tonight. So here's my spin. Back in the day, Karen, you are old enough to remember this. I think I remember mm-hmm. you being there, actually. A lot of our listeners, maybe or not, but hear me out. Back in the day, many years, many, 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 many years ago, at the Brush Prairie Dog Show every summer in Brush Prairie, Washington, a bunch of us handler, handler light, you know, whatever type people. I mean, this was very early in my handling career, like very, very, this is when Katie Campbell and I were still traveling together. We were all baby dog people together. So back in that day we would all get together with our assistants so that they wouldn't be tipping over the porta potties and we would host our own fun match at the dog show. And it was all the people didn't matter. 
back in those days, owner handler and professional handler weren't really actually a thing that was even a thing. We were all just dog people together. And a whole bunch of us would get together and we'd put chairs at four corners of a space on this nasty ass grass that was burned to hell in July. And there might've been alcoholic beverages involved. I'm not going to lie about that. It was possible. And we would have fun and we would bring our puppies. We would bring our young dogs. We would bring our assistants. We would trade breeds. If you could have seen Carl Lindemeyer try to show a Basenji or Katie Campbell show her first toy poodle. I mean, you know, there was number one camaraderie. There was number two, the opportunity to expose our dogs to a fabulous dog show-esque-ish environment. There was learning involved for the assistant and we had a class for, you know, assistants, parents, and it was super fun. So when we bitch and moan about, oh, clubs, AKC, blah, blah, blah. Okay, guys, no club, no AKC, no nobody. That was just a bunch of us got together and did it. So I, towards the end of our evening here tonight, I'm going to throw down that gauntlet. Everybody's real busy. Everybody's real cool. And I think a lot of what has been lost. Are you laughing at me? I'm laughing at the idea that I'm real cool. (laughs) I guess my point is that the more things change, the less I think that they improve in some respects. Some things are better. Some things are not. And we can take it upon ourselves to change that. We don't have to give that power away to somebody else. We can take the power to make things fun for ourselves and for our people. And if you are a professional handler who has a bunch of puppies that you want to get in the best puppy, AKC isn't going to change this rule. So it's now going to be up to you all. So figure it out. Make a ring. Everybody bring their puppies. The rule for the American Kennel Club is that you cannot have your under six-month-old unentered puppies on the show grounds. Yeah. Okay. There's a difference between the show grounds and where many people are parked in their RVs, like at Brush Prairie, where you were parked a mile away under the one oak tree. And that's where we usually had those fun matches. So I feel like my answer to a lot of the whiny pissy pee pants is make your own fun match. You know, give up that hundred dollar client paid for dinner and take your puppies out and run around in the grass. That's what I'm saying. I'm going to throw that out. I'm going to throw down on that. And invite the I'm people gonna... who don't know what they're doing to your fun match, please. 100% invite the people that don't know Always. what they're doing. I know that people who are listening tonight have seen my 12 steps to a better you in the dog show. This is one of them. I'm pretty sure this is like June. Have a potluck. Make a fun match. Get together. Plan it out. Hey, you guys, I've got a bunch of puppies. Can we do some litter evals? Can we try not to do it when there's dog flu going around Golden Retriever National would be my recommendation. But, you know, I know damn good and well that people have puppies that aren't entered sitting in their rigs. I did. Don't take them on the showgrounds. Okay, fine. I know clubs that still won't offer Best Puppy because they're worried about the liability of the puppies getting sick. So, I mean, that's a whole nother topic altogether. The club that I was most involved with and the club I'm still involved with won't offer it. So that's another thing. Figure out how to make your own fun match and kind of do a little bit of a throwback to back in the day when we all kind of hung out together and played with our puppies and had fun. 
I would just add, I think some of what is frustrating for handlers and owner handlers, because I've worn both hats through the late 80s, 90s, 2000s, and now the mid 2000s, where I've been a handler and or an owner handler at different periods, depending on what was in my life, is the they versus we. And I will attest that it has gotten far, far more so than it ever used to be. I believe so strongly in the owner handlers that I have a whole program for it because I do believe that they are the true backbone of our sport without so owner handlers. Wondering. Yeah. I'm an owner handler. I'm a handler, but I'm an owner handler too. I am a breeder owner handler, which I take a lot of pride in because I've worked my hind end off to be in this position and to have top winning dogs that I bred. It's taken a lot of years and we all start somewhere. And we, those of us who are experienced, whether we're an experienced breeder, breeder owner handler, breeder professional handler, it doesn't matter. We need to support the people wanting to come up because we need each other. We won't have a sport if we keep chasing people away because we're mean to them. Exactly. That is why I feel strongly about let us play, but don't give us a ribbon. That's fine. Exhibition only. Leave all of the competition to the people that truly get a thrill from that competition. That's Karen's closing argument. Natalie, what's your closing argument? I think that the AKC is not going to change it even if we wanted them to. And I think a lot of people are very territorial about it and feel very strongly that it's their one shining chance to do something without the shadow of a handler in front of them, which, okay. (laughs) You know what? That's okay. And I honestly, truthfully, sincerely kind of agree with Natalie. I absolutely recognize Karen's point. My answer to it is instead of, you know, yelling at AKC to do something they're not going to freaking do, fix it yourself. Make your own program. Make your own fun match. So there you go, you guys. Three sides to a hot topic. And we've got some really interesting conversations coming up on the podcast in the next couple of weeks. All right, y'all. Whoop, whoop. Peace out. Thanks for joining us. As always, if you have any questions or input, we'd love to hear from you. The show notes and links to resources on today's topic are available at puredogtalk.com. Drop us a note in the comments or email to laura at puredogtalk.com. Remember, guys, this podcast is for you. So if you want to know something, give me a holler. We'll do a podcast for you. If you wouldn't mind, you could help me out here. Take a couple minutes to visit iTunes and give us a review. The Dog Show Superintendents Association is a proud supporter of Pure Dog Talk. Our Dog Show Superintendents are the hardworking people who make the dog show function. They are advocates for education and mentorship in the purebred dog fancy. So stop by the Supers Desk at your next show. Tell them how much you love Pure Dog Talk and give them a shout out for their support. That's all for today. Thank you for joining us on Pure Dog Talk.